0: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. We have a great podcast for you. There are three guests in my home. Um, the first guest is really the central part of this story, Cheryl Hill. Welcome to the podcast, Cheryl. Thank you. Cheryl is in her early 50s. Um, she was adopted into a Mormon family, um, and we won't have time to get into that. Um, she served a mission in her early 20s, came out as gay. Or lesbian and left the church roughly in 1990, eventually had her records removed in the 1990s and has spent um, until really 2017. I can't do the math that quickly in my head. I think that's 30 years. It's
1: 27.
0: 27 years. Thank you, Cheryl, out of the church. And then Cheryl reconnected with the church. And that's where we'll really pick it up. We could probably do three podcasts just getting to that point. <laughs> um, but we're just going to start in 2017. Um with Cheryl living in Georgia and how she reconnected to the church. And um, her therapist has come all the way from Georgia to be part of this podcast, Jenny Cook, K-U-C-K. Welcome to the podcast, Jenny.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here supporting Cheryl.
0: um, Jenny is a marriage and family therapist, has a couple um, licenses, I believe, is a married mother of four, eight grandchildren, active LDS, and has been— I think more than just a therapist, a, a lifeline, a friend for Jenny in Georgia, as she's connected to the church and needed a really good friend, therapist, all the skills that Jenny has to help Cheryl. So, Jenny is here, and um, it'll be helpful for all of us to hear Jenny's role in this. I, Cheryl kind of said, I don't want to do this podcast about Jenny. I did say
1: that. Um, I did and, say
0: that. And I just recognize I probably will never under, fully understand Jenny's role. We also have Bishop Nate Manning in our home. Um, He is the bishop, as Cheryl moved to Utah, that Cheryl connected with, and she's had kind of choppy waters with priesthood leaders, Um, probably had some trepidation, if that's the right word, as she um, approached a new priesthood leader. But this turned into just an incredible experience with Bishop Nate Manning, who was a family friend. He was a coach at our local high school, our youngest son, um, had the chance to play under Coach Manning, but I'll never forget the um, the meeting we went to when um, Coach Gummersall announced that Coach um, Manning would not be able to coach anymore because he had a new church assignment and needed to focus on that, and that was when you were called as bishop. That was, yeah. And here we are, full circle. Um, ben was in our home this morning and just re- briefly caught up with Bishop Manning, but Bishop Manning's um, been this bishop that just has this huge heart and love for all of Heavenly Father's children and has um, played a significant role in Cheryl's life. Cheryl now is fully active in the church, has been through the temple. I've seen a picture of Cheryl in front of the Jordan River temple. And so well, that's kind of maybe where the story will take us to. Cheryl identifies as lesbian. I think I mentioned that if I didn't. I'm mentioning it now, so we all know this is an LGBTQ-focused totally gay.
1: podcast. Totally gay. Totally gay. Totally.
0: And we just said a prayer that this will be helpful for you that are LGBTQ, you that are local leaders that want to do the right thing. Uh, maybe there'll be some things you pick up. And just how to be a better friend. So, Cheryl, take us back to Georgia. Um, you're completely out of the church. You've resigned.
1: Oh, over the church. You're
0: over the church. Completely Come doesn't. a little closer to your mic completely and tell us dumb. about how
1: you—and
0: I hope everyone understands when you've resigned from the church, your, rec- your name doesn't show up anywhere, so no one can find you anymore. Right. So it's not like you have ministers that could knock on your door. So you're no. completely disconnected from the church. Just talk to us about how it all came about. Okay.
1: So, um, I moved to Athens, Georgia, after I lost everything in a fire in Rome, Georgia. And I was going there for just the summer. Just I needed to get my head back on straight. You know, I wanted to get myself off drugs. Um, and I was just there. Just it, it was random how I even ended up there. It was just weird. But anyway, um, so I was subletting uh, one of the college—oh, yeah, go Bulldogs. Um, So UGA UGA University um, was subletting one of the apartments for the summer. Well, I figured out, you know, I was turning 50 at the end of the summer, and I'm just like, okay, enough. It's time to do something different. You know, you've been doing drugs for 30-something years. Let's try something different, you know, figure out what you're going to do with your life. So I was there, and so I was coming off drugs. I was doing a lot of walking with my dog, Diesel. And um, I found myself praying, you know, just um, not into the, the Mormon God, just into God as the supreme being at that point and doing a lot of walking, a lot of talking because coming off meth, it's not easy with no help. So I found myself turning towards the Lord and um, we'd walk, we'd talk and, and slowly I started to feel a... Okay. So I'm gonna cry a lot through this podcast, <laughs> uh, apparently. <laughs> here comes the first wash of tears. Anyhow, I um so I was I'm on disability. I was on mental health disability also. So I didn't have anybody that was helping me because, and, and I did that on purpose. I moved to Athens away from my family. Not that I had much of a family. I had an older brother that helped me out, but so he came down, you know, to Athens and signed over, did some paperwork and whatnot. And I said, Do y'all happen to have anybody that you know here And you know, Athens, because my brother knows everybody everywhere and his wife. And he said, no, we don't. And I was like, OK, I was like, because I'm getting kind of it's kind of lonely here, you know. And so that was the end of that conversation. And so I had nothing, no car, no nothing. So I'm driving. <laughs> I'm taking the bus. I'm having to take the bus in Athens, you know, and I'm driving around and I get off the bus and I'm lost. And I'm like, Ah, oh, where am I? I'm like, oh, this is the wrong stop. And as the bus pulls away, there, there in front of me sits the institute building, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I'm like, oh, give me a break. And um, so I get back on the bus. I'm so ticked, you know. And I'm like, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is just clicking in my head, you know. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, no. And then I get to the bus module, and as I'm getting off the bus these two boys on bikes about run me over and on closer inspection it's two missionaries two mormon missionaries <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> you know and then it happens again going another way to, uh, they two missionaries get on the bus with me like this is like hours later so this is all in one day so this is three mormon sightings <laughs> and um <laughs> and then i forget what happened but so there was another one. So I'm walking down the road and I'm angry. And I'm like, what? You want me to be Mormon or something? And I tell you to this day that the answer was yes. I felt it. It was like, like I hadn't talked to him in, what, 30 some years? But I was like, yes. And I was like, no, 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 no. You know, and I'm good. Another and I'm drinking, I'm smoking cigarettes. And I'll go buy me some alcohol. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I promised I when I... My house burned down. I was laying on the ground and I had promised God at that time that I would never do drugs again. So I told, I was like, I told you I wouldn't do drugs. I said, I didn't say anything else. Well, about a week later, there's a knock on the door. And um, I look out and there's a, um, an old couple on my front porch and they're in a suit and a dress. And I'm like, this guy for one of the girls that lives here, you know, and I look and I see the black name tag. And I'm like, oh, hey, um, that no. I said that no. <laughs> and um, I don't know what all, how free I am right now. But anyway, I said oh, that no. And, and, and then I looked again and so I was an old couple, an older couple. And I was like, oh. and even though through all this drugs and hate and everything, I still remained, had a bit of a soft heart still. I was totally out of my element doing drugs and being a, a bad girl. But um, I was like, oh, because Georgia heat's you don't, you don't play with Georgia heat. Okay. And it was a, it was a hot Georgia day. And so I was like, all right. So I let them in. And I'm like, what? I was not nice. They can attest to this. (laughs) I was not nice. I'm like, what? And they're like, well, we're from the the church. I was like, the church of Jesus Christ of says, yeah, I get that. I'm like, why are you on my front porch? And they're like, well, um, we just felt inspired to knock on your door. It's like, yeah, right. I know my sister-in-law called you, you know? And they're like, no. And then I just stopped dead in my tracks, and I look at the tag, and it says, President John Binion. And I'm like, President? You're president? I'm like, President? And he says, yes. I said, As in President of the Georgia North Atlanta Mission? <laughs> and he said, yes. And I went, and I just sat down. I just had to sit down. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, and I drilled him a hundred ways, and he's just like, I have no idea. I said, and you came all the way from the church house, because you're here for a zone conference. He's like, no. I go all the way from the mission home. He goes, yes. I said, the one in Lathonia. And like, we're going back and forth. And I'm like, so let me get this right. You came all the way from Lathonia to Athens for no other reason to knock on my door. He said, yes. So I had to accept the missionaries coming over after that. Um, so they sent two missionaries to me. And um, one of the missionaries was having social anxiety and they needed her to go to therapy. And how they tricked me into meeting her and they needed her to go to therapy. And I was kind of fond of these two missions. They were so awkward and I was so mean to them. I was so mean to, they could tell you, I was so mean. Like the first day they asked me what they could do. And I was like, "Um, well, say a lot of prayers and have thick skin. I said, and maybe I'll let you in when you come back. Maybe I won't. And so that one missionary, Sister Hanson, She needed therapy. So they, I think I got conned, but anyway, (laughs) so I made sure she went to therapy and I went with her and that's how I met Jenny. And that's where that started. And I literally would not have made it without Jenny. I mean, I mean, we're talking about suicidals coming up. I mean, it's, it's been a hell of a ride. I'm sorry, but that's the only word for it. I have had a mess of a struggle. So anyway, long story short or really long story, not as long. Um, I fought it for 90 days and on my 50th birthday I accepted the invitation for baptism. Wow. For rebaptism and then I joined the church. Um and I was planning on leaving Athens when a friend of mine gave me a blessing and it said you are exactly where you need to be. So in a mad scramble I had to find somewhere to live <laughs> in Athens. But so I joined the church there and got involved with that and uh had a great bishop there and met uh, This is what, this is what happened. This is what made me stay is there were so many people that were like, oh, I have a gay aunt. Oh, I have a gay brother. Oh, I have a, because I came mad. You know, I was like, I didn't want to be there. I was pissed off that I even joined the church. I was angry the whole time I was there. I was mean to the, who is my very best friend right now, Will. He was the mission leader, mission ward missionary leader. And I was sitting in the back of the class and I would just make, he was talking about um, the plan of salvation I'm like, oh yeah, well, you know, da 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 da, you know, and just saying whatever, just information I shouldn't have as a as a new convert, you know, <laughs> and he's just like looking at me, you know, like what's she doing? <laughs> and um, he's now my very best friend, and uh, so we went through that, and I mean, like, I would just they could, they try to get near me, I wouldn't let any guys near me, like no guys, and I'd punch Will and I'd punch the bishop, and he tried to talk to am like, what do you want, you know, and and any of the priesthood holders, and then one day. I put, I was laughing with my friend, Will, and I put my hand on his chest, you know, and oh, here comes another crying, Jack. And right then, I knew that I could trust him. The Lord let me know right then that this is a priesthood holder I could trust. And it was like, it was just, I was just like this, and it was just like, you can trust him, Cheryl, you can trust him. And that's the jerk that made me trust all the other guys <laughs> that led me back to Bishop Manning. Why he, he got a uh, he got a quick break when I got to him. But <laughs> um, anyway, so I was going to therapy every other week. And members, oh, there's this one lady, uh, Barb. And she's busy, busy, busy lady, right? And I didn't have a way. Casey Day's car broke down and I didn't have a way. And I still didn't have a car. Um, and all of a sudden, she's like, calls me. She goes, Hey, I can take you to therapy. And I'm like, well, and she goes, I don't have any idea. But for the next, for like, for, so for the next three months, her every other Thursday was open. She says, I don't know why it was open. It's always open. And then like, right after I got a car, like all of a sudden she was so busy again, you know, but she's like for three, three months. Remember that Jenny? Mm -hmm. She was just, oh, it was, and she's the busiest woman I've ever met, you know, I mean, and, you know, and, and uh, it's just, just different members would sub in, you know, at one point, this is a really cool story. At one point, um, they asked me, like, what do I need? What do I need? And I said, I'm lonely. I said, I'm lonely. I said, I'm good. You know, I've got a dog. I've I've got a, a good job. You know, a decent, not a good job, a decent job. Um, you know, I I was working at Taco Bell part time because I had to check, you know, and I wasn't, I just got on the streets. You know, I was just so thrilled that I could live I that I had a car. One of the members gave me a car, That's so cool. a van donated, like, you know, and then they wouldn't. And uh, so I got the van. We called it the Jesus van And because I was all, I mean, the minute I got the van, I was like immediately like, who needs a ride to church, you know, because I felt like I owed, you know, like I owed, I had 30 years to make up for, you know, I mean, I was a butt for 33 years, you know, doing drugs, being a jerk, you know, and being hateful to everybody. And, and here I was, okay, okay, I'm back in the church, and and I know that you get blessings by service, you know. So, I'm like, I was ready to serve. So, I would, like, go all the way, like, 20 miles away to pick up some family. I went on board. Uh, I just got involved, you know. They're like, come on. I'm like, let's go, you know, because I was lonely. And I remember my mom, Though she didn't have a lot of good things to say, but one of the things she says, if you don't like somebody, serve them. Well, I sure didn't like anybody in the Mormon church at that point. <laughs> even though I'd been baptized because I knew it was true, but I still was pissed being there, you know? So I'm like, all right, let me serve these people, you know? <laughs> so I'm serving, serving, and to the point that they they wouldn't even let me pay for the van. They're like, no, no, you keep it, you know? And then some uh, people would drop. There would be like $20 bills in my front seat, $50 bills in my front seat to pay for gas, you know? And at one point when they asked me what I needed, I said, I, said, I am lonely. It's lonely. I said, I can't do this. And there were so many bouts where I can't do this. I have— stopped and started. At one point I was sitting in the garage on my best friend Will's house and he was out, he was in Utah of all places. And, um, I know, right. I hate Utah. Um, (laughs) go Cougars. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) I I was sitting there and I was talking to him and I had met a girl in Rome. I still, I was, once I got the car, boy, straight back to Rome, you know, because that's where, the only friends I ever, I had were, and I go back to Rome and I met a girl. Um, and, Oh, she's so pretty. And I was so attracted to her. And we started talking. We had so much in common. We talked for hours on the phone and I was like, and I was just like, I can't do this. And I was crying, you know, Lord, I can't, do, I can't, it's like, uh-uh, no, I can't. I knew what I was getting into. You know, I read the research on gay and Mormon. I did. And I said, okay, I don't need a relationship because I didn't like relationships anyway. You know? And, um, because they felt confining and boxing and I'm a brat, but anyway, I was a bit of a jerk. Um, so I'm in just utter chaos. And yeah. so, you know, so I'm sitting there and I'm struggling and everybody that I made friends with, they're, they're just not letting me go. I mean, if I didn't, I didn't show up at church, they'd show up on the door, knocking, 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 and I wouldn't let them in. They'd leave and come back with their kids. And, <laughs> you know, I remember Alex, uh, Will's daughter's so like, shout gold, I'm like, I haven't. I don't need to take a shower. We're gonna wait, take a shower. And she, he would literally sit there with his five year old and his two year old on my front porch, waiting for me to take a shower so I'd go to church. <laughs> like I'm telling you, they did not give up on me. I had another f- friend, Jason, and they would do the same thing. So Will moved to Utah. I was so mad about that. I almost left the church there too um, because the Lord had taken. You know, I felt abandoned. I have abandonment issues. But anyway. Well uh, Jenny's shaking her head. <laughs> yeah, you would know, wouldn't you? <laughs> Do you want to say anything? I'm just running. I'm you're, trying to talk as fast as I can for you. Great. Yeah. Okay, so um keep going. So Will was in, so this was this girl, Kim, right? And I was just like, and so that was where I was at the utmost struggle. And I was just like, and I was dying. And so I'm gonna be real really real for a minute. Okay. So I was down in Rome and I was drinking and smoking again at this point, not drugs, because that promise was ironclad. You know, I was on, told the Lord if he got me out of that mess, if I lived through this, I would never do drugs again. So that was a covenant I made outside the temple. But anyway, um, I know I'm, I'm so proud of myself for going to the temple. I <laughs> was <We laughs> just are. like, yeah. but um, anyway, um, giddy. Yeah, that was giddiness that you heard about being at the temple. Anyway, um, so we're drinking and um, hanging out and it was just her and I and, and a neighbor and we were at a bonfire and she tells me she wants to be with me. And I'm like, well, you don't, you know, you're not gay or whatever. And she's like, well, I've been with one before. And she's like, and so she goes on about it. And I'm like, and my heart is just exploding with, I'm so happy, you know, and then I'm so complete, but I'm drunk. So it's like, you know, I knew it. You know, I'm trying to dull my senses. And so anyway, so we take it to the house and then we take it to the bedroom and we're going, going at it in the bedroom. And as just as we're ready to go all the way intimate my primary class flashes through my head and I see, I see every one of them, Daniel, who I'm going to the football with, game tonight with, um, you know, and all, every, all, all my little boys, it was all boys and one little girl named Abby and they flash through my head and I just, and I'm like skunk drunk, right? I mean, like I shouldn't, but that happened and I jump out of the bed and I'm saying, this is going to just have to be a kiss goodnight. I'm sorry. And I jump out of the bed and I drive to the nearest parking lot so I can sleep it off. And um, and I make it back to Rome and come to find out they were all praying for me, like all praying for me. And I make it over into Athens. And as I get onto 316, I just bust into tears because I felt like something had carried me all the way through, all the way over there, all the way home, you know. And then I come to find out from Will that when he gave me a blessing, that there was a million angels that go into Rome with me every time. He's like, you have millions of angels that go, with the, go into Rome. We don't like you in Rome, you know. And they're all praying for me while I'm in Rome. And um, I get there and I go straight to Will's house. And he's not there. And I just fold. And I'm just like praying, like, Lord, I can't do this. I, I mean, I pass a curve and I'm like, let me just go straight. You know, George is very hilly. And I just really wanted to die. I just just. Nothing was gonna resolve this. I just needed to die. I just wanted to die. I couldn't do it. I cannot be gay and Mormon. I just can't. There's no way in hell I could do it. There's just like no. And I'm crying and I'm so I, I go out into the garage and I'm sitting on the paint bucket and I call Will and I'm telling I tell him what happens. And he's like, we were praying so hard. And I was like, I can't do I can't do this. I just I can't. And I'm praying as hard as I can, tears coursing down my face. Like, like please, I don't want to be gay. I don't want to be gay anymore. I can't be gay. I don't want to be gay. You know, or I want to die, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, just, just, just let me die, please. And um, Will's on the phone, and he's just bawling. He's like, "No, I love you, I love you, I love you," you know. And I'm there, not long, and elders, uh, somebody shows up to give me priesthood blessing. I think it was Jason, and they show up to give me priesthood blessing. You know, and that's when I find out that there was millions of angels that accompanied me. And that I have some sort of mission in life <laughs> um, that. Um, and so I passed that, you know, I, I, I continue to smoke and drink coffee. I love coffee. It's the hardest thing I had to give up. Not even the gay thing was as hard as <laughs> giving up coffee. I'm telling you, if, if, if I had to be straight and I got coffee and still be Mormon, I'd be so happy. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. I could give up the girls for coffee. Um <laughs> But um, sorry, I had to put some levity in there. Anyway, so we make it through that hurdle, and when I say we, I'm talking about the people in Athens Second Um When I went in to get my temple recommend, and you know, I'd been I was so on fire. I had been back in the church for about a year, and it was so on fire. You know, I'm like doing service and I'm going to church and I'm paying my tithing right you remember here's the channel. you can tell this part of the story this is but I'm like just on fire you know and so we have to get the first presidency to give me the permission because I had written my name's out the book so it's kind of same thing as being excommunicated you have to you have to take three steps back and punt and um anyway so we wait on pins and needles and the missionaries that were my missionaries came back and flew back in you know to go to the temple with me because you know we knew we'd have an answer by this And I get to, so finally, they have to go back home because I still know answers. Three months. No answer. Three months. And then finally the answer comes in. And um, it was a no. It was a no. I was so angry. So angry. By the way, the Kim story is after this story. Because after I got told no, I went on a tear. Did I not? Yes. I went on a tear. You you tell them about the anguish of... Of me being that Kim thing. Boy, that was a mess. That was like, what, six months of therapy all on its own.
2: Yeah, you were heartbroken because the temple had been such a goal, and you weren't the most patient person.
1: I'm not patient at all. This is correct. Um, So, I went on a tear, and I was like, and the Lord rejected me. The Lord, you know, because I'm gay, right? I mean, I, (laughs) you know, I'm gonna throw that gay card every time I can. (laughs) But, um, <laughs> you know, because I was angry. I didn't want to be in church, you know, and, and the reason I left was because I was told I couldn't be gay and Mormon, you know, and now I can be gay and Mormon, but I don't want to be gay and Mormon. I don't want to be Mormon. And then I didn't want to be gay. And then, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I'm just angry. Am I angry? I'm angry. So, you know, and so I relapse and this and that and everything, and I'm mad and, I go storming out of the building. We almost had a repeat of that. <laughs> <laughs> almost did, I know, did the same thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I did the same thing when I went there. That's well, I'm trying to get to that as fast as I can. But I'm um, fine. Uh, so I'm just mad, and the bishop standing up, Bishop Bishop Joiner, who's now a state president Joiner. But anyway, that's why you might be in trouble. Anybody around me gets <laughs> Jesus is like, whoo, whoo, you can help share. I'm gonna bring you up. And he was <laughs> I, calling me nervous, I, right? Because <laughs> I'm a mess. I know, right? <laughs> like they're gonna go on a mission one day together and be stake. Pre- anyway, they've got lofty goals too. <laughs> Anyhow, anyway, um, there's my cocky side, and um, <laughs> which I better be careful because the Lord likes to humble me fast. Um, so, I'm angry, and uh, the bishop just stayed in there, and God bless him. He broke confidence. He calls Will and says, I just had to tell Cheryl what they said, and she is busting out. She just ripped the door off my hinges. And and um, my friend, Donna, um, she's a early side president at the time, but we and her and I have gotten to be really good friends. She has a gay son, Josh, and he's here in Utah. He came to Utah with me, um, but he went, he went the other way. So, he's over this way, and I'm in the church, and he left the church, and— but um, he still has a really strong testimony. So he's an LGBT here in Utah. Hey, Josh, shout out to Josh. <laughs> but um, I love him dearly. But she's like my best friend, my best female friend. And she happened to be at church that day when I went storming out. And she, she saw me and she said, the look in my eyes, told her not to look at me, but she knew. So she's standing there and she's, and this is the story after. She's like, I didn't know what to do. I looked at the bishop, the bishop looked at me and said, just pray for her. So Donna says she ran out to her car and she sat there and she begged the Lord that I wouldn't do something stupid. She's praying. She says she had tears in her eyes. She's begging. Well, Will just happened to be out there, out, out on splits with Ted, her husband, who is now the bishop. And and <laughs> and um and she was just praying. She's just praying. And the bishop called Will and said, hey, this is what happened. I can't, I'm not supposed to break confidence, but someone's got to help Cheryl. She's about to do something. That we're, that she's that we don't want her to do, and that she's not going to want to do, and little known to them, I and I was crying. I was so mad, and I was just like, "I'm done with this stupid church." And I'm like, "See, even the Lord doesn't want me. This is such a waste of time, you know." So I was like, ready to go get blasted. And the next thing I know, I'm sitting in Will's driveway. You know, heard that song, "Jesus Take the Will," for real, dude, for real, like. That's the only thing that could have possibly happened because I'm in Will's driveway and I didn't, I didn't even have any idea. And the minute I pull in the driveway up behind me pulls missionaries, Will and Ted. And Ted's my ministering brother. Fantastic ministering. He defines ministering. Like, as you can see, there's more people that just, people just keep coming in waves. Um, if that doesn't tell you anything about fellowshipping in church. And they uh, then preached a blessing. And that's when I found out I was supposed to come to Utah. That was the blessing. That said, I'm supposed to come to Utah. And I was like, yeah, no. Never stepping foot back in Utah. I was on a mission in Utah. It didn't go well and, um, at all. And um, not at all. <laughs> so, let,
0: let me pause right there. Okay. Cheryl, thanks. That's a great story. It's an incredible story. I hope you realize um, Just the love and admiration so many have for you. And your courage to share that story, you're honest, you're real, you're authentic, you're vulnerable.
2: Um, Vulnerable
1: is a weakness, a strength.
0: It's It's a a strength.
2: strength. Remain a (laughs) but
0: It's just an incredible story. You're an incredible woman walking an incredibly difficult road. And you've been really honest about how hard it is to be gay and Mormon. So hard. And and there's not – and it's just – I love the way you validate how difficult that road is and your love for the church and trying to reconcile that and make it work and the people that come into your life. I'd love, since Jenny knows you really well, I'd just love to have Jenny talk about you or talk about, you know, just your role in Cheryl's life, your feelings about Cheryl. Just anything you'd like to share at this point, Jenny?
2: Okay, thank you. Uh, Well, I had been working with a number of missionaries, and President Benyon and I were good friends. And he called me— I think within a day of having met Cheryl on her doorstep. And he said, I have a situation for you, but I don't know how you're going to manage it. And I said, okay. And he said, I've got this uh, lady who's, whose trailer just burned down. Rome is about two hours from Athens where he was. And he goes, I don't know how she ended up in Athens, and I don't know how we ended up in Athens, but we connected. And she doesn't have a car and back then, you didn't really do Zoom therapy, even four years ago. COVID really brought that on, right? And uh, I don't think Cheryl would have had the ability to do Zoom back then anyway, very much. I had a phone. Yeah, but you just, you didn't I like done, doing Zoom. Yeah, I she didn't like it. We tried a couple times. Oh, yeah. yeah she like had so. to drive an hour and a half to come and see me. And so he just said, try to figure it out. She's not a member. <laughs> And I said, how am I even going to reach her? And he goes, I'm going to have the missionaries because there's a sister who needs to come in and do social anxiety. I'm going to have them come together. And I'm like, okay. And so the first time I met Cheryl, Angry. I don't, she did not like me. Nope. At all. <laughs> oh, tell them,
1: tell them about the fact that you were my sister-in-law. The oh, yeah. Guy, yeah. As
2: a matter of fact, uh, That's she funny. was telling me about her brother, and they had been in my ward years before, and they had had a fire. And I happened to be the sister's visiting teacher and had helped clean sister up the Dwayne, sister in visiting teacher. My companion. And man, she girl. was her mission companion. And so at first she wasn't so sure. She, so many good she was very happy with me knowing Dwayne and Angie, but then she, because they had been so good to her after the fire, she, I think that's how she built trust with me. There's
1: the reason I came back to the church. Yes. They challenged me, my brother and sister. He ended up baptizing me.
2: And I think that helped you decide to trust me that I had known Dwayne and Angie. And so. That was your only saving grace. Probably. She's so pushy she would tell me that she had had other therapists and she had fired them all and she was going to fire me and (laughs) told me about her diagnoses and everything else. And and I looked at her and I said, okay, you're okay. In here, you can just be you. And so she...
0: In here, you can just
1: be you.
2: Yeah. And so she would... We We
1: fight. I'd argue. I'd get mad. I'd try to walk out. I'd cuss at her. Yeah. Until she cussed back at me one time. (laughs)
2: pattern interrupt (laughs) she said the F word (laughs) because I had to interrupt the pattern (laughs) you guys you want to be my friend you have to cuss (laughs) at least once so you know it shocked her and she goes I'll never do that again and I said okay and she hasn't in front of me no No, she decided at that point she didn't want to do that again. I had another therapist who was an intern who was not LDS but had done a lot of work with LGBTQ. And I had worked with some missionaries and a few other people who were, you know, members of the LDS church and and were in that struggle. And yet I was still learning. I was still trying to figure it out. At the whole time. And so I brought this other therapist in and I said, Could you do some DBT work, which is a certain type of dialectical behavioral therapy? And so she built a friendship with Sierra. She is cool. She had blue hair. Yes. And <laughs> I figured cool. that would help. And I said, Okay, I'll do the one thing about helping her meet priesthood leaders and and get comfortable with priesthood leaders because Sierra didn't know how to do that and Sierra would work on the mental health stuff and so I I would work on the church stuff and Cheryl would and and Sierra would work on the mental health and we did that for a few months and then we celebrated her one year of sobriety that I blew and that was a big deal yeah she blew it but she uh, only once yeah, just one time. Yeah, but I think she was so touched that Sierra and I, we brought in a cake. and.
1: Yeah, they did. Oh, it was a triple <laughs> chocolate cake from Publix.
2: Oh, so good. And uh, just so celebrated cool. her, and we told her she could be anything she wanted to be, and she could do anything she wanted to do. And
1: and yeah, that was, that was a defining moment in therapy for me
2: mm-hmm.
1: because that cake, I mean, it was stupid, but that cake, you know, and then all of a sudden I was putty. No, I couldn't stand them. I was putting their hands. I pretended like I was mad at them, but that's when I changed. That was it is yeah, when you for changed. you
2: and Sierra. Well, you knew yeah. that we really truly cared. Yeah, about yeah, you. they really did. It was really.
1: I was going like two therapies every other week. I was in hardcore therapy.
2: She had to know that it wasn't just a job for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm hard. I'm hard. <sighs>
0: This is a really beautiful segment because I'm sort of thinking that our road back to the church, sometimes we need we need Jesus and the atonement, but often we need therapy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I said and was...
0: And uh, sometimes therapy to work Jesus through current issues. church issues. It's just...
1: Correct. I, Remember what I would guess
0: really? Cheryl has a lot of trauma that's sort of tied yes. into her yeah. journey yes. with the church. Yes. And, yes.
1: yes. A lot of trauma.
0: And the atonement can help on that and good church experiences, but I recognize a therapist often can...
1: It's yeah, like you yeah. Need both. Jesus wasn't going to get it just by himself. I'm sorry, but and
0: I love this truck. And I recognize that you were naturally guarded because of abandonment and just all the things that Jenny understands and you firsthand understand because you were walking that road. And you would yeah. naturally. I love this man that you mentioned. I forgot his name. That you just will. will. God just said I can trust him. Yeah, yeah. And then you got this trust with Jenny. And I love some of the things Jenny says. You can just be you here. Yeah. And just I didn't a- believe her.
1: I had to. I had to test her. You did, right? Yeah, so, I did, Because you know? you've had so many people that have right. come in and out of your life. Well, yeah. Well, I don't let anybody in my life, really. So. And,
0: and that's probably because your heart has been wounded enough and just it's locked up inside of you because it's been hurt so well, yeah, much.
1: The, between the church and my own family rejected me because of the gay thing. And the thing is, is I fought not to be gay. I came out when I was 23, but I knew I was gay like before. The, not very long before that, but. Actually, I didn't actually come out until I was 25 to my family and friends, but at 23, I knew. And I stayed in the church, and I fought, and I fought, and I read the scriptures, and I you was, like— served a mission. Finding oh. something, yeah. I was, like—well, I didn't know I was gay till after I got home on a mission. But um, I was—even though I lived this crazy, unhealthy, abusive life, I was very sheltered also. So I didn't even know what gay was until a girl kissed me. And then, like, fireworks, and I'm, like, oh, I'm gay. So— you know, right. So. <laughs> but anyway, and then, it, but I, st- I still started to stay in the church. I, I got engaged, you know, because I wanted kids. I wanted kids so bad. And I was like, well, I got to have a dude to have kids, and I'm having a dude, you know. <laughs> and um, But then I just, I couldn't.
0: And I just admire your journey to unlock your heart again that's been so wounded that would naturally just be boxed up in there and say, it, I'm going to yeah. try again, even though that's opening me to further woundedness. Yeah. So now I'm going to go. Uh, there's another podcast that we're skipping right now, but I'm going to take you all the way. <laughs> you did mention you got a priesthood blessing. You're going to Utah, so
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to Utah, so we can skip all the way. We can go to Utah. So now we're in Utah. Can I tell the story about Utah? Though, real yes. Past? Okay, so I um I get a check, and because this is a good story, because this is one of those Jesus things again. You know, like he's always up in my grill. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, I'm, like, fighting. I'm not going, you know. And then my best friend we're biking one day. She goes, you know, I was praying about how to help you and Josh and I felt that I should push you to go to Utah. At this point, everybody's saying Utah, you know, except for most of my friends who are saying, like, don't leave us. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm fighting. And so we've, Jason and Will and all of them are like, let's fast about it. And I'm like, about what? He goes, when you're leaving. I was like, I'm not, he goes, you're leaving. Let's fast about when you're leaving. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Okay So there's like five. Six, probably half the word fasting with me, right? And um, me being who I am, I say, okay, so we start to fast, right? About midnight, I get up over the refrigerator and I'm like, I'm not fasting. And I drink a Coke, you know, and I go lay back down. And the next morning I get up and I have breakfast. So I'm not fasting. I don't want to know. You know, I mean, that's i being so belligerent, you know, like I'm surprised he said like struck me down. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, and so on the way to church, I'm driving. I've got and I usually listen to church music. Right. But no, I go ahead and put on my country station. I crank it up because I don't want to know the answer. I don't want to. I'm like, and all of a sudden I hear my head May 1st. I'm like, I didn't ask. May 1st. I'm like, I did not ask. myself. I, I didn't pass. I didn't ask you. And May 1st for a third time, as I'm pulling the church parking lot. I'm pulling, I just screech. I'm so angry. I even have on pants, <laughs> which is a little <laughs> bit of my rebellion. But, you know, like, because i had to be all gay and, you know, right? Right. Like, I ain't wearing no dress. But, um, and I walk into the foyer and there's Jason and Donna and some other people. And, I, and I'm late on purpose. And Jason looks at me and goes, it's not March 1st. And I went, I know. And so three of us at the same time go, yeah, it's May 1st. So that scripture out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Yeah. So not only did that convince me when I needed to go, but it convinced me I had to go, you know, so I was so angry about
0: and that. And that's May 1st, 2021. No,
1: 2020. 2020. 2020. I've been here 20. a year. Okay. And right, um, during so I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, whatever. I'm not, okay, fine. And um, I'm like, fine, I'm going. I'm like, but I, I need $3,000 to get there. And there's no way because I work for $9 an hour, you know? And I'm like, this is not going to happen. When I drove out of Utah, a month later, I had $4,000 in my bank account. Wow. Insane. I make 1200 <laughs> a month. I mean, you know, at that time. You know, so I was just like, oh! And the trip was so easy. It's so easy. And then I get to Utah. So, Go ahead. <laughs> well, before
3: she had even gotten to Utah, so it must have been the last week of April. Yeah. I... I had gotten a call from Bishop Christensen. Yeah. Bishop
1: Ted. Bishop, oh, bishop Ted. Ted, who was my minister, um, brother is now the bishop. Yeah, yeah just,
3: yeah. Uh, you know, he had texted me and said, hey, we have a member moving into your ward. I just wanted to fill you in, which is typical practice for bishops that, um, you know, we talk to Told one another when our members it. move. And from the minute I picked up the phone, he just raved and raved and raved about this woman and and <laughs> how much he loved her and how much he cared, he cared. about her. And... And the just the amazing woman that she was, oh, and he was almost upset that she was leaving because well, his he didn't, wife was. He didn't that was my best her. friend. I thought she
1: was mad. Yeah, you can tell
3: it was it was a, a, a deep rooted. Um, Love that that they had for her, and you know he gave me everything that Cheryl has already mentioned. You know he kind of let me know She's uh, of the background <laughs> She's of bad. what and he was so just complimentary over and over, and and he said you know. I think he even told me you have to have a little thick skin with Cheryl yeah, because she'll true. she'll tell you how it is and <laughs> and I thought oh that'll be fine I'll, yeah I've got I've got you thick skin high
0: school
1: basketball yeah <laughs> I don't have hair
3: but I've got thick skin you know <laughs> <Right. I
1: can't, laughs> that's true yeah
3: um, the no so, hair part uh, he told me when she was moving in I, I then even texted Cheryl
1: yeah we texted a little and bit. I said hey
3: I'm your new bishop Bishop Manning just wanted to introduce mm-hmm. you let us know what you need mm-hmm. when you get there and she would not accept any help <laughs> moving in or anything she. She just No, that's
1: when the Lord struck me down. Yeah, she, <laughs> he likes to humble me. <laughs> I mean, and not like a normal humble. Like I almost died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, remember? Yeah. Oh yeah, remember? <laughs> oh yeah. I would take any help. He about killed me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I <laughs> was like a day from and, dying. <laughs> right.
3: And so she moved in, and
1: oh, uh, you
3: know we got a, an appointment set up. And mm-hmm. the minute she walked in the bishop's office, I just knew how special Cheryl was. Oh, shut up! She is. Um. You know, Cheryl talks about throwing around – I'm quoting Cheryl, throwing around the gay card, right? She says, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay. If there's one thing I know about Cheryl. I'm gay.
1: (laughs) Before she is
3: gay, Um, she is Cheryl. Yeah.
1: I don't don't define by the fact that I'm lesbian. And Cheryl
3: is what I see when I look at Cheryl. I don't see – a gay person. Because I'm not just a gay person. Because nobody is. Yeah, I know, right? That may be a. That part doesn't of define you. me. Exactly. It's just
1: one of the things. That makes it's me. a and part that's, of you. It's what yeah. I love about Cheryl. When you get to know Cheryl, I just say I'm gay just to see get reactions to people. <laughs> it's just fun to to see and I sat people down shrink or, or love yeah. me. Yeah,
3: yeah. I sat down with Cheryl in the bishop's office, and the first thing he that cursed. I said was, "You <laughs> <He cursed. I>, got <laughs> I did get her on my on my good side yeah, and, and okay. I, knew, I knew thing. I had to you know get her her walls down because the minute she walked in I could tell physically the walls that she had up well, I mean I'm coming, eye all the contact way from, yeah, I'm coming all the way from Georgia and you know she was uncomfortable and and I could just see it melt away the first thing I said which I just felt so inspired to say to Cheryl was Cheryl I'm not gay I'm I'm naive. I don't have all the understanding. I don't get it. But I want to learn. I want to learn who you are. I want to know what you've been through. And I just want to learn how I can help. And the minute I said that, I could see Cheryl. Oh, just, but let me just tell that part for you. Melt, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. So he said all that. And I'm looking at him thinking, God, oh, he's young. I was being judgmental. <laughs> yes. Gay people are so judgmental. We are so judgmental. So stop playing. So I looked at him and I thought, oh, what a, what a different looking person. And I was like, he's too young to be a bishop, you know? And I'm like, oh, I got to do this all over again. I don't want to do this. And he said that. And I melted. He also said something else that, that helped, but I remember like just inside, I was like, oh, if he could have said anything, anything right in a hundred million years, that was exactly what he needed to say. Why? It took me off guard. It t- it's like, okay, first off, he addressed the gay issue right off the get, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he did it in such a humble and genuine way like I've heard people and and a lot of us have like oh you know I've got a gay aunt or whatever or oh, so I feel this it's kind and I of a chance that. for
0: them to talk
1: about this subject Right right like, like you know they're like trying to bond with you or, or trying to you know or whatever or just it's fake it's you know
0: They're taking your story and making it their story
1: Yeah yeah kind instead of, like, yeah, of what I'm, Bishop Manning Not even did. that Not even that I have a bullshit Oh, I have a detector <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, So one of the things i got uh, a gift i got after i got baptized was the gift to see the pure in heart the meek because that was one of my biggest issues was trust in the church and so when i was got the holy ghost confirmed i they also someone said something about being able to see the pure in heart so i can see you look at somebody and they'll be bright and shiny you know and that's how i know i'll know you know just if they're safe for me or not and When I walked in, he's still glowing. (laughs) He always glow. He's like he's like a Christmas light, right? He's like no, no. (laughs) He's always glowing. But he he glowed, you know. And then when he said that, and he said it in in such a quiet, humble voice, you know, that it took me off guard. And because his voice took me off guard, I actually listened to what he said. Like normally, someone starts talking, I dismiss them, right? Until I know them. He won me over like in what seven point three (laughs) seconds. Cheryl,
0: I think you have a beautiful ability to discern. I think it's one of the gifts God's given you. And Jenny and Bishop are nodding their head. And I think you've needed to use that gift.
1: I had to for survival.
0: Right. And um, I love what Bishop Manning (laughs) did because everybody can do what Bishop Manning did.
1: They could. They really could. If they meant it. It
0: wasn't complicated. It was profound, though. Uh -uh. And the things that resonated with you, it was humble. It was teachable. He talked about you being gay.
1: But yeah just, like right off the
0: bat. I love just the humility of that. and what he that's the thing I love about what he said is that we all can do that. um one of Ben Shalotti's bishops, who's a gay latter-day saint, you know, as he's been meeting with bishops and coming out to them over the years, one bishop kind of did what Bishop Manning does says, what do I need to learn to serve you better? It was sort of like, teach me what you know this space better than I do.
1: <laughs> right, but I didn't have any you know, I didn't have anything to say though.
0: So talk about you're still. I want to go. You know, we've got about fifteen minutes left. I want to go wherever you want to go, but I, you're still ha- don't have clearance to go back to the temple. No,
1: no, yeah, you can and talk so, about that. <laughs> talk but about you that. could talk
0: about how this relationship um, developed, um, and I know. Just talk about wherever either of you want to go.
1: It was. It was. So it was. So COVID's here, right? You know, and so he said what he said, and I was like, okay, I like him. You know, I was like, okay. And I breathed a side of relief. And I, I have a, like a running dialogue with Jesus. I talk to Jesus a lot. That's I mean, have many Father's up there too. But, but in my mind, I'm constantly talking, arguing, cussing him out. We laugh. I mean, I have like this inner dialogue. Like once upon a time, ever since that moment in Athens when he said, yes, I want you to be Mormon, I was like direct connect. You know, and that was before I was baptized. And so I feel like I'm always, I was always praying, always talking to him because like I don't have, I'm lonely. I don't have an accountability partner. Who better to be my accountability partner than Christ Himself? You know, and and I can say that now. I didn't know that's what that's was going really on. Really profound, by yeah, the way. There. What you at just, the time, uh, but you know, I mean, because like, like I said, I struggled. I, I at first. It's really you know,
0: profound what you just said, by the way. I was a, yeah. Like do you we want could to say what? It again?
1: <laughs> Yeah, say it again. <laughs> say Your say it
0: accountability again. partner's who, and who's always there Christ. for you? Yeah. Because
1: yeah, because he's yeah, he's there. He's always because the the he, yeah, because he's listening. He let me know he's listening. You know, and I had. The well, priest had helped a lot to you. I know. love that
0: you can talk to him in real language. Yeah, no, oh, I do. handle
1: that. <laughs> oh, I do. I mean, people are shocked when I tell them what I say to Jesus. Sometimes. I think he can handle that. He mm-hmm. does. I called him an idiot one time. And he laughed with me. Do you remember that story? <laughs> I was upset I because I'd made a mistake again—the Kim thing—and I was into my car. And I and I and this time I wasn't really praying a lot in like in the morning, but I stopped the car and I was in tears and I hung my head. And I said, "I'm so sorry." I said that was so stupid, you know. And I was apologizing to the Lord for the mistake I'd made, you know, almost made, you know. I had I came away with that with my chastity intact, by the way, just so everybody knows. Okay, <laughs> I held on to the chastity, but it was real close. <laughs> but um, and I was, you know, I and then at that point I didn't realize how remorseful I was. I was in tears, you know, and I was sitting there and I said, "I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot." and I was crying and then all of a sudden because I have that personality I start giggling and I said wait a minute I made in your image. That makes you an idiot, too. <laughs> and I started laughing. And you could, I could actually feel, like, him laughing, too. Like, like, he's got this beautiful laugh, you know? And I could feel, like, someone else laughing. Like, if you were in the car, I swear, you would have heard somebody else laughing in the car. Dude, you know? And I was just like, is he laughing with me? I was like, oh, my gosh, I just called the Lord an idiot. And I was like, oh, I can't even go to work right now. I was like, I'm going to hell. You know? And, and um, But it ended up being, you know. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I have, the, you're right. I mean. I, I feel like better you can, now.
3: I'm in good company because you've called me an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: know, right, say, I know, so. Right, right, right. So I'm I went to like, Lord, you call the Lord idiot. You're not scared of nobody. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um but you know, like I'm just saying, like that's not funny, but but it was, you know, because I was such wrecked. I was I felt like that it's this is way of saying, Hey, it's okay, Cheryl. It's okay. Let's just keep going, you know? And I kept going. And um and I was still, you know, before on my way to Utah, I was still smoking cigarettes. Like I Remember, mm-hmm. oh, man, we were really working because on I didn't want to go, and I was just every time I want to rebel, I pick up a, I pick up a cup of coffee first, of course, and um, of course with coffee comes cigarettes, so that's what I do. But anyway, where were we? Uh, go back to this Christ, yeah. Go to the story. temple. Go so, okay. so this. So is still, I'm here. I'm sorry. So I'm here. You left the
0: building. In Georgia oh, at one point, man, because so the First mad. Presidency turned down your...
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And somehow this yeah. then starts Talk again the with Bishop Manning. Process
1: okay, so, okay, so you have to go through a Bishop interview at a State President interview, and then they've got to write down, um, you know, recommendations. Of course, both of them were glowing recommendations. I say, of course. I'm this so is concerned. now in Utah with Bishop Manning. No, 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 this is that. That's, then the rejection this this came. So that was Ted and, head and head. Scott Johnson, okay. okay. So I get here, and... My friend Jason would uh, said something about, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. I said, I'm not. I'm not until I know the Lord's going to say, yes, I cannot take another rejection from the Lord. Even though everybody said it was a rejection from the Lord, blah, 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 blah. But um, that's how I felt. You know, it's just like, and, you know, it was just, and so I, so I'm doing the Lord's bidding, but I'm doing it grumpily. You know, I came all the way to Utah. Um, I just threw, I like, I literally smoked one cigarette and flicked it out the window before I got into the truck, after everybody left, put a patch on and said, okay. Because to me, and this is funny, this is Southern, or everybody not everybody that's not a Utah Mormon, I, to me, it was going to be sacrilegious if I was smoking in Utah, you know? <laughs> I know, they laugh, because I'm like, everybody's like, have you smoked? I'm like, no, I would never smoke in Utah. That's how and, she quit. And <laughs> that's how I quit. That's how I quit. Because... In my inner, because my parents are from, my family's from Utah, my dad is John Pack, pioneer who discovered Utah Valley. Like we're Mormon all the way back to, to settle in the Utah Valley. So to me, it was a sacrilege, you know? So that's how I stopped. I literally cold turkeyed again, you know? I do cold turkey a lot. And um, so I get here and, and, then, and then I get in, I'm working at Home Depot and he I'm not giving him any attention. And someone will mention the temple recommend, and I'm like, you know, I'm not ready. And so then I do a lot of study on my own. I, I gained a testimony of the atonement since I've been here, which I was borrowing most people's testimonies. But I was at Home Depot when it came and I was watering the flowers and I was working there and I was listening to a Henry Iron talk and tears start coming down my eyes. And I'm like, no, I said, not at work talking to the Lord right now I'm like not at work I'm like don't you dare and I was like no and I just tears go coursing down my face and it was hitting iron to talk about remember him remember me okay and um and all of a sudden I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord existed that he was real that the atonement happened because I was struggling with the testimony of the atonement I didn't get what the big deal was and how every member however it was always mm-hmm. like oh the atonement the atonement I'm like Okay, the atonement, you know, <laughs> like, because I didn't understand because there was like mental health, atonement, this, atonement. I'm like, I'm not, what, what, you know, and then I just, tears gushing out. I'm at work, and I don't know if you don't know me, but I hate crying. Vulnerability is not a strength, okay? Crying at work, when I just started working there, you know, I'm just tough, butch lesbian, you know what I mean? I'm like badass you know I'm not gonna be crying you know I'm crying at work you know and the lord lives and oh you know and I'm just like so angrily happy and I throw my hands I'm like Oh my gosh. So I start calling people like, Hey, the atomics real. The atomics real. The Atomance real. <laughs> and then I have an appointment with him. <laughs> and then I almost die. And then, and then I have the appointment. Yeah. So before, or after I, I almost died, I can't remember. But anyway, and then I get sick, really sick right after that. And I, I really, mm-hmm. literally almost die. And I have no choice because I know nobody in Utah. I haven't reconnected with Eileen and Edna yet. I haven't right. I have two sisters in Spanish for who I reconnect. That's see, that's another podcast right there. And, um, could I? Could I jump yes. in and yeah, kind of jump say in, jump in help me
3: how, how it was going yeah. at this time? I mean, okay. she she had been denied to to um, receive her, her restoration of blessings, and uh, there's a story when she came in to meet with me, and uh, you know. We, there was a few different meetings that we had to kind of – because she kept saying, that's I don't right think there, I'm yeah. ready. I don't oh, think yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah, yeah. And we
3: said, let's pray about it all fast. Well, like, tell me we'll thing is what things. made me ready. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and so we, we worked to together, and and uh, I we didn't want to submit until she felt like she was ready. And there's a story from the Old Testament that I just think is so applicable, if that's okay. Um, in Second Chronicles 20, it's uh, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he's uh, he wakes up. And uh, a messenger from, his, from the kingdom of Judah comes and says, Jehoshaphat, there are all of these surrounding uh, kingdoms that are coming to battle against us. He's, you know, the uh, children of Moab and the children of Ammon and others beside the Ammonites, they're coming to battle. And these are big kingdoms that are coming against the kingdom of Judah. And there's three things that Jehoshaphat that says about his reaction. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared. And then when he starts praying, he says, we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. So he was afraid. He had no might. He had no chance. And he had no idea what to do. And I feel like Cheryl was in that that same that's, exactly, that's how she was before and she got denied and she yeah, was there yeah. again and she was feeling these many issues but there was one change and it was what Jehoshaphat says here it says we have no bite against this company neither know we what, what to do but our eyes are upon thee and that was yes, the change that, that Cheryl, moment, Cheryl that made moment, yeah. her eyes shifted to him
1: and him only. And well, there's, and, and there's and, something you said though that that was was totally it. I can't even remember. Because we'd had a few appointments and and he said um and I was like really I just I wanted the Lord to tell me. I mean because I have a dialogue with him, you know. I Want him to say, "Okay, I'm going to say yes, go do it." You know, that's what I was literally waiting for because I mean I, I'm not unless it's going to be yes, I can't do it. Again, I'm not going to do it. And so we're having an appointment again, third one. And uh, I was just like <sighs> freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. And he says, Cheryl, and he pauses, and he puts his head down. And his face turned red. He turned like his body turned red. Like you could just see. And he's quiet. And he looks up to the side. And you could just—I mean—it was the coolest thing ever. Like I could actually see him receiving revelation. If you could even grasp that concept, it was crazy. That's had to be what was happening, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him. And he goes, Cheryl, you're the only one not ready. You're the only one that thinks you're not ready. And I went, and I knew at that moment that the Lord told him that because you could just see he was in this, it wasn't a trance, but you could just, he was just turned off to the side. Do you remember that? Now that you're saying it, yeah. Right. You just yeah. took a minute and you said, because you said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I said, I don't either. And you said, well, what, just give me, you said, give me just a second. And he, he put his head down like this and kind of went to the side. He was like this, and he went to the side like that. And he his he whole body just like turned, he, like his head turned red and everything. And I was just like, am I actually seeing what I think I'm seeing? You know, like this is like a miracle. You know, it's the craziest thing. And this whole calm, and I calmed down, and I was just like regular, like a Cheryl I'm not normally. You know, and I waited, mm-hmm. and I said, I waited, and he just turned, and he looked back at me. And you could feel the presence of the Lord right then in that, in that room. Like, it was crazy cool. And he said, you're the only one that does not think you're ready. And I said, let's do it. And we did it. And we scrambled back, and it was hilarious. Which, remember? And then once we did it, like, Mm -hmm. the state president was sitting over there waiting— and he waited for me to go back and forth, back and forth, and he was so busy. So you
3: had to do two more—you inter- had to yeah. resubmit the paperwork? Yeah, we resubmitted. She ended up—she met with the stake, with the stake All president. in the same day.
1: It was it was crazy way it worked out, and then we waited. And how long—tell tell them how long we waited. Do you remember? Three days. Three days. It was fast. It was That's three right. days. It was
3: quick. And typically, I tell people, you know, well, let's wait at least—you know, it could be up to a month, right, six right. weeks even. And,
1: and I was having— Oh, and I was having a bad day. We, did I call you? I was having a bad day the day that it came. I was ready to give up again, right? I was just like, I am such a lame tonight. I swear. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, <clears throat> but I was having a really bad day and I was, oh, I was cussing. I was angry. I don't remember what happened. I was just so down. And he calls and he says, it's a yes. And I I threw my phone in the air. I called everybody I knew. I'm like, ah, Jesus said yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, woohoo, I got to the temple. And then we made it. We made it. It was it was it wasn't an easy road to get there either. <laughs> I mean, with COVID and this and that. And I had friends fly in from Georgia, South Dakota, um to come with me. It's a small party of 16, but
0: Tell um, our listeners so, the date. Do you remember the date, the exact date you went back to the temple?
1: Yeah, it was um August fifteenth.
0: August. I was 15th. gonna look,
1: but I didn't have to. It's August fifteenth. This morning was her fourth time, right? Yeah, yeah. They're making me go back. It, it's um, I I it's uh, um, I'm having a hard time. Not a hard time. I just it's it's different. So. So um, the crew that God always constantly surrounds me with, because he told me, can I say this to our listeners? Okay, so when I was fighting the battle of, I can't be gay and Mormon, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. One of the first things that the Athens Second Ward did (laughs) was they sent, you know how they send around paperwork for the missionaries to feed the missionaries? on. Well, my friend Barb goes, okay, we have an extra sheet we're going to send around, Cheryl. And so she told everybody, she said, "We sign up to feed Cheryl, find out, sign up to feed the missionary, sign up to feed Cheryl. <laughs> and so she sent up for her. So that was really kind of funny. But anyway, so that's how involved, you know, everybody was with me. And, um, and like they, everybody was on the long, up and down, up and down. I was up and down and just crazy. But, um, when I finally gave in, um, I just, you know, after a few, few other blessings, priesthood blessings. And I'm going to tell you, all you people out there in LGBT land, Mormon land, get a blessing. Get a thousand if you have to. Because that's what helps. It's people and helps and great priesthood leaders. And and if you don't trust them, tell them you don't trust them. Tell them to bite you.
0: And you don't need a temple recommend to get a blessing. No, you don't. You don't no. need to be living all the commandments. No, because I
1: wasn't. I was smoking, drinking, and doing drugs when I got I, my first priesthood blessing. I think, yeah, <laughs> stop lying. that's
0: an important thing to right. help people but yeah, get understand. a priesthood
1: blessing. I mean, stop being, oh, you don't even have to stop being mad. I've been mad all the way up until like maybe a year ago, was it? I still punch in priesthood leaders. <laughs> yeah. But um, the, but let me tell you this, one's, this one, because this is important. When, Because this is the one point I want to get across of, of anything I say. None of that else matters, but this one point right here is what is why I came on this podcast. When I was like, I can't do this. I'm lonely. I can't. I don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. Bishop Ted was the one that gave me the blessing. Was, he was just my Ted at that point, my best friend's husband at that point. Um, He gave me a blessing, and the blessing, I was told, if you choose the gospel, you will be alone for the rest of your life. But I will never let you be alone. And I got to tell you, I have not been alone. I mean, I have someone to kiss at night. But I am telling you, as you can see just right here, my therapist flew in from Georgia, my bishop's here. I mean, and if you look at that picture of me at the temple, those are people from all over the country that came to my temple. My little, and it wasn't even my first endowment, it was just a re endowment. Um, I am not alone. In fact, I have to hide in my house to to keep people to leave me alone. (laughs) I I I reconnected with my sisters. Who I was a stranger with for 15 years, 20 years. I mean, and people come out of the woods. The lot next across the street. They just called me, I wouldn't be your friend. I thought he was a creepy fat guy, but anyway. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and I tell,
2: tell them, Jenny, how people, I just pick people up. She does, she has a posse and she at first was worried she wouldn't have one here in Utah. And right. especially because she was pushing people away. Oh, yeah. And I push town. people away and they still mm-hmm. won't go away. And she built a posse here, the Relief Society president who helped her out. Susan, Susan suddenly was best. her friend. Yeah, not I saw her, her relief society president. Society I started introducing
1: her as my friend. She what's was her there name? the day the day my dog uh, Diesel, the one that got me here. The got the one that saved me from the fire. He was the only thing I Diesel when I loved, yeah, my dog he and died. What's
0: your relief society president's name? Susan
1: Byrne. Shout out to Susan. <laughs> Susan is amazing. She's so cool, but she's my friend friend. Like I tease her and pick on her and she still brings me cookies um, she always kind I of love what you said
0: that was really powerful there is a reality you're alone I think we can't dismiss that I mean, but
1: it was when I reached that point when you realize your hope, it's hopeless like as a gay member you sit there and it's like and you're like when I remember when I realized that like, hey the church is not going to change it's not you know it's going to it's going to it's going to make room for us and it's going to love us and but i mean the, the 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 law of chastity is the law is god's law you know and that's the bottom line and when i realized that i had to pick between the gospel and having a partner and it was <laughs> it was a rough decision you know mm-hmm. and as as bishop ted gave me that blessing i hung my head and i just mm-hmm. tears inconsolable tears and, and tears and tears and tears. And when he got done, I looked at him and I said, mm-hmm. and he looked at me, and he goes, you chose the gospel. And I said, I choose the gospel. And it was one of the most powerful moments of my life. And I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I still struggle. I mean, there are cute girls in Utah. You know, they are, <laughs> shout out to the cutie stuff. <laughs> but I mean, there are, you know, and I've had a, a couple of girls come, you know, come Which after me. Which is
0: a good point. Your sexual orientation doesn't change. But no, you get but, you know, and or it's, go to the it's, right, it's not
1: easy, but... You have people around you, and and non-gay people. Come on, ha- make a gay friend instead of adopting a puppy. Adopting a homo, I mean, <laughs> you know, ado- adopt an LGBT person. I mean, that's really how I feel. You know, it's just like because I wouldn't made it without the people, my people, the people. You know, and and I pushed, I pushed, and they didn't even understand. Half of them don't even understand. I have bitten their heads off. I have screamed at them. Have I not? Because they don't understand. You know what? They just came back. They. Cheryl, I didn't answer. Here came the kids. Shabbal, shabbal. You know, they just came back. They kept coming back because you got a picture. Do you have a gay sister? Do you have a gay aunt? Do you have a gay uncle? Do you have a gay brother? Do you have a gay cousin? Okay, so if you see a gay person in your ward, you treat them like that gay person that is your family member. Yeah. And would you let your family member push you away? No, you wouldn't, right? Sorry, this is my this is my soapbox. I
3: think my it's soap great. Box. Well, and Cheryl taught me. And, and something that I've learned, not just from Cheryl, but from many other uh, friends, family, um, members that I've, I've chatted with from the LGBTQ community. Me, Nate, everything I've learned about black people, I've learned from white people. Oh, I love this. Everything I've learned about women, I've learned from men. Everything <laughs> I've learned about gay people, I have learned From straight people. So how can I feel like I have the full perspective? You don't. I I don't. Mm -hmm. And and I love what Cheryl just said. Make a gay friend. That's what I said in a talk. Love them. Listen, learn from them. You know, one of one of my favorite songs is an old Aaron Neville. It's either 70s or 80s. Aaron Neville kind of has that squirrely voice. Love Aaron Neville. And, and he, I don't know much, but I, I know how I know. love you. <laughs> I think Go that ahead, should be the Nate. model. <laughs> I don't know much. In fact, I don't know a lot at all about you or your life, what you feel. But I do know one thing,
2: and that's that I love you. Mm-hmm. Sing it for me, baby. (laughs) And one of the most important things you did was allowed her to give a talk and tell her story in church. And she felt after she had done it. Why
0: Jenny was that really important?
2: Because I think she felt like people could hear her story and they could still accept and love her and still be part of her posse. And that it didn't make her separate from people. It made people want to be connected to her. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: it's a really good idea. Okay, so after I, I gave, I was up there. I felt so much power. vulnerability as a strength I felt when I gave that talk. <laughs> but that also helps. And mm. this is the ugly side of the church, too. Um, of people, really, not even the church, but people. The culture, yeah. is um, I know, so after giving that talk, there's so. I mean, I was getting texts, like, thank you for giving the talk. Usually it's like, hey, good talk. But I was getting thank yous. And I was like scratching my head going, why are people thanking me, you know? And, like, I couldn't even walk down the hallway. I felt like a celebrity, right? But the thing that was good on both sides is the fact that at that point, I now knew who was my friend and who was not my friend. And I could protect myself by staying. I got caught off guard at that. Police society, I think, when those two women walked out, but, but I, but you know, thing, things is that I knew who I was safe with, you know, so, so it didn't matter the other people that were not down with the LGBT thing, you know, that's fine, they don't have to be, I, you know, everybody, nobody, not everybody has to be down with it because we're all human, we all have different viewpoints and and, and our own traumas and, and whatever the case may be, we don't be, understand, you know? yeah, we don't and, understand, and, and, and ignorance it causes fear and. Sure. Um, so I knew. So then as I came off this, you know, and my friend that worked from BYU, Josh, he was in Georgia, he works at BYU now. Him and his son, who I was his primary teacher, the one who came into my head that night at Kim's, they came down to listen to my talk. You know, I had support from Georgia there at the, at the talk, you know. And um, but I knew who my friends were right off the bat. You know, so, yeah, let, let, let your gay person in church talk, you know, because you know what, because they're going to immediately know that it's safe there. And you felt you There's going to be at least one or two people that are going to go, hey, thank you for talking. Thank you for sharing yourself. And then you know who's safe. And you won't have to worry about those other people because you're not there for them. You're there for Jesus. Full disclaimer.
3: Right? Full disclaimer. It wasn't right away that I asked you to speak <laughs> to your church. There was some, a little bit of refining <laughs> meeting, right? There
1: was like eight texts.
3: I'm like, no, no, you no, maybe. No. Uh, we did ask her multiple times and she said <laughs> no. But but I think it's key to understand as well. Just like many so n- straight people don't understand it, Cheryl has never been through that either. <laughs> she is learning how to live right, that's what I in, say, in yes. her Reality, just like everyone else is trying to live in theirs. And and Cheryl has come so far in in understanding who she is. (laughs) And she talks about who is her friend and who isn't. She may see who supports her and who doesn't. And she may act like some people aren't her friend, but they all are. Whether or not they accept Cheryl or agree with Cheryl or offend Cheryl... Cheryl just loves them right back. It is the it's most, ama- maybe not inside sometimes. No, and that's okay. okay. You know, that's okay. I wanna, we all I would like feelings. One to elbow one of them. But, right. <laughs> but she, she just loves people. And that is what's so crazy. So amazing crazy. to me is that Cheryl does that. The, the, the crown of this story was actually going to the temple.
1: Right, right. I mean, seriously, like, I was so giddy, I couldn't hold still. Um, I mean, because it was like, it was a four-year goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I made it back to the temple. A lot of it on my own, because I came to Utah, and would not know anybody, you know? And I did all that studying. I would listen to conference talks. I would, you know, I mean, like, every time I had a problem, I'm like, let me go. Like, I, okay, I like uh, Dallin H. Oaks. Let me just say that as a gay member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I love Dallin H. Oaks because I had to listen to a I t- I needed to learn about Lord's Timing, the Temple Recommend thing. And someone said, well, the Lord's Timing. So I'm going, hey, let me find a, mess, a, a talk about Lord's Timing. And there was, only, there was one, the first one that came up was Dallin H. the one he did at BYU. And I'm like, oh, no, not Dallin H. you know. And then he came up again. And then he just started playing on my radio. <laughs> <laughs> just started playing on the radio. And I was just like. And his talk was so amazing. It helped me with my problem with timing, you know, understanding time. But his talk was so amazing. And I got done with that talk, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I love him. And I'm like, oh, they're going to kick me out of the club. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But but just learning different things and listening, you know, I had to work really hard to, because there was nobody for me to depend on. It was me and the Lord. Again, he has a funny way of doing that when I act up.
0: This is a really good podcast, listeners. Um, we need to bring it to a close just in the interest of time. No problem. Um, I don't know. Bishop Manning, you have any other thoughts you'd like to share? I love yeah. your Old Testament scripture. Share some. My,
3: my one last thing. Cheryl went through the temple recommend questions, answered every single one of them honestly and worthily. cried. Just like anyone else would. He cried. to go to the temple just like anyone else would. She, she prayed and fasted and anguished just like anyone else would and it felt just like any other member working towards the no, temple because you then, cried well yeah but i cry <laughs> when i see a cat cross the road no! <laughs> but the the beautiful part was sitting in the temple and realizing <laughs> That an openly gay woman was sitting in the temple, worthily. The highest degree of glory is what that represents. That's what you said. And there is power in that. There is. Just like I started, Cheryl, before she is gay, she is Cheryl. I like that. I like that too.
0: I put that on our t shirt. Jenny, let's make them. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share?
2: Well, I think I'd just second what Bishop Manning said. I've known Cheryl for four years, and we talk a lot about vulnerability. You've heard her battle it. And I do a lot of Brene Brown work, and Brene Brown battles vulnerability, and I battle vulnerability. And I think what I learned about Cheryl that just made me love working with Cheryl and be excited when she was coming or when she would text or anything else is she is authentic. Mm. And it is about being who you are and being your authentic self, but having the desire to learn and to grow and to get even better than who you are now and that has always been cheryl's goal.
0: that is powerful we'll finish with that statement so um cheryl hill great job there are so many parts of this podcast that people play and replay and you have a way of teaching the gospel of jesus christ in a very practical authentic vulnerable healing helpful way there are straight members listening, that you will have taught them things that will be so. helpful. So, so the message you have is for the whole church and for the whole world because of your story and the role of of Jenny and Bishop Nate Manning, Jenny Cook, K-U-C-K, and Bishop Nate Manning. I am thinking back, just reflecting of the sadness that that whole basketball team felt when Bishop Manning, <laughs> it was announced that he had a church calling and wouldn't be the coach. And I didn't know him very well, to be honest. I knew your name, and I knew the boys were really sad. And I never thought I'd hear the rest of the story, but I sort of feel like I'm hearing the rest of the story of of him not being our coach anymore and going off to serve as bishop and knowing he needed to commit to that full time, and he really couldn't be a father and a business and a, have a career and coach on the side. And I recognize the sacrifice because he loved coaching. But then he gets to meet Cheryl and all the work he's doing. And Paul Harvey used to say the rest of the story. So I feel like I'm hearing just a little bit of the rest of the story of what happened that night in a very practical and authentic way. But Cheryl, you're the real hero of this podcast. Absolutely. And you have done a great job and you've blessed a lot of lives. So this is Richard Osler signing off from another episode of Listen, Learn and Love.